welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is sponsored by Netting Pros. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specializes in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals is an official partner of the ABCA and continues to provide quality products and services to many high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Make sure to let CEO Will Miner know that the ABCA sent you. Now on to the podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening to the ABCA podcast. This is my 200th episode since taking over. So thankful for everyone that listens in every week. I appreciate when people reach out about what speaks to them with the episodes. As always, I hope I'm asking the right questions for you all. The ABCA Podcast was also nominated for the Sports Podcast Award this year again. If you want to vote for us, head over to the sportspodcastgroup.com. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T group.com and put a vote in for the ABCA Podcast. Appreciate y'all. We're starting monthly Minority Spotlight episodes. Kicking us off is Georgetown University Associate Head Coach and Recruiting Coordinator Julius McDougall. McDougal was an integral part of the Hoyas historic 2022 season, breaking program records for wins, home runs, total bases, and end-of-season RPI. McDougal's had success at every stop of the way, helping turn around Eastern Kentucky with back-to-back 31 seasons in 18 and 19. Prior to Eastern Kentucky, McDougal was an assistant and head coach at Stillman College. He got his coaching start as an assistant at Kentucky State University in 14. This is a great episode on developing a winning culture, player development, and coaching hitters. Let's welcome Julius McDougal to the podcast. How are you guys doing? You're doing all right? Six and two? Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we've been playing well. Uh, came off a pretty good week. Yeah. Uh, went four and one on the week. Uh, Navy on Tuesday. Uh, Iona in Wilmington uh, this weekend. So, it was uh it was a pretty good week, uh, a really good week pitching wise. Yeah. Uh, you know the pitchers threw two shutouts. I think they had twenty one straight innings of no run baseball. So so it was uh it's been a good week so far. Yeah, and Wilmington's supposed to be good too. So that, I mean that's a good win because I know everybody yeah. in Colonial feels like they've got a chance to win that league. Them in Charleston probably. So that's a really yeah, good win. Yeah. Yeah. No, their uh their arms were very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, there ha- Coach Hood was an assistant at Wilmington when I was at James Madison way back in the in the old days. Okay, okay. Yeah. Here with Julius McDougal, associate head coach, Georgetown was at Eastern Kentucky, uh, Stillman College, Kentucky State, but now off to a six and two start. Have the Leclerc Classic coming up this weekend. So Julius, thanks for jumping on with me. I appreciate you having me, Ryan. Heck yeah. 
Um, who, who had the most impact on you getting into coaching? Uh, believe it or not, my dad. Um, so, uh, you know, my dad played uh, baseball for, for 10 years. Um, and he, he really kind of developed the love of the game for me. Um, and once I graduated college and, you know, I, I, was, I was working a little bit, uh, doing uh, logistics for a supplier for Toyota, um, you know, I just had a conversation with him about, you know, what I loved and my passion. And uh, he kind of told me to go for it. Um, and so, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Kentucky State. I was actually living in Kentucky at the time. And uh, I just reached out to every school in Kentucky uh, two or three times. And uh, fortunately, Kentucky State, uh, Coach, Coach Rob Henry, he uh, he uh, responded and uh, let me come out and volunteer and kind of kind of get my feet wet. Kind of with us trying to get more minority participation, but for you, because your dad played, like you kind of saw that growing up, like, hey, this is a viable option for me to for me to play baseball, correct? Yes, yes, that was uh, that was the dream of mine, uh, the goal, right, uh, to be playing as well and uh, you know have a career like his. Uh, but uh, you know, talent wise, it didn't work out that way. Uh, so uh, so fortunately, I was able to uh, get into coaching. I mean, that year out in the real world probably showed you a little bit like maybe I, I probably don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I, I probably would like to get into coaching. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, you, you hear songs in the term, uh, you know, living for the weekend. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, that sort of feeling. And, you know, now obviously coaching, uh, you know, we don't get any weekends off, but uh, I love it. I love it. You know, there, there isn't one day that feels like work. You know, and then how did you and Edwin get connected? Yeah, uh, so after my second season at uh, Stillman College, we had uh, transitioned to NAIA uh, from Division Two, and uh, you know that division or that first year when we were Division Two, uh, we had pretty good success. Um, you know, we beat five top twenty-five teams, um, and then in that second year, we had two top twenty-five wins. And uh, Coach Thompson reached out to me. And uh, just, you know, just send me an email, uh, you know, just asking if I would be interested in the volunteer role at, uh, at Eastern Kentucky. And, uh, you know, I interviewed with him and he's he's obviously a great person. And, uh, you know, but just on the phone, you know, prior to meeting him, just, you know, you could tell his vibe and 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 his energy and what type of person, what type of man he was. Uh, and so it made it easy to uh, to leave Stillman and, you know, go to EKU and kind of get started in uh, Division One coaching. You know, you two have, have gotten two programs going fairly quickly. I mean, how are you guys establishing that culture? Because you've done it quick. You did it quick at Eastern, Eastern Kentucky. You've done it quick at Georgetown. How do you guys kind of develop that culture when you get there? Yeah, honestly, uh, you know, we, we always preach like culture starts from the top. Uh, and so it starts with uh, Coach T. Uh, you know, and everyone does a, does a great job of, uh, you know, motivating the guys and, and, and making sure that they're focused. Uh, you know, every day we, we talk about things like uh, mutter mentality, uh, you know, just because our situation here at Georgetown isn't easy um, in a sense of, uh, you know, some of the constraints we have with the field being off campus uh, and things like that. I was going to ask you that, too. What have been kind of the biggest challenges? Eastern Kentucky, Georgetown, two completely different schools. You know, what have kind of been the challenges between both of those places? Yeah, uh, so EKU, I guess uh, – the, the biggest challenge was, uh, you know, sometimes when we talk to a kid, they'd say, EKU, where's that? You know, what's that? Uh, you know, so, so, so that was 
kind of just uh, a small challenge in and of itself. But, uh, you know, we were, we were able to really sell the program, uh, you know, and Coach Thompson's vision and in a sense of where we thought we could be. Uh, and Georgetown is, is a lot different because of the academics, right? Uh, at EKU, I, I don't want to say we didn't worry about grades, right? But they obviously weren't, weren't emphasized as much here at uh, Georgetown. Um, and so the, the main difference for, for me, right, because I believe each school has its own challenges, uh, especially from a recruiting front, uh, the, the main difference uh, to me is just a, a field, having a field on campus. Uh, you know, our, our guys just have to commute for uh, practice, but uh, it's something that we embrace uh, and, and really kind of shapes the mentality of the program. And that helps too. Edwin's from the area, but was also at Duke, so kind of knows the lay of the land a little bit with a private school, but also the lay of the land in the, the D.C. area, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Him, uh, Edwin, is as well as our pitching coach. Uh, our pitching coach is from Northern Virginia, uh, Coach Capen, so so they uh, they both have a, a, a lot of strong ties to the area. You know, I, I appreciate Edwin doing that because that, that's a challenging pro. You guys had it rolling it at Eastern Kentucky, you know, for him to be like, okay, I'm going to go back home to take over this program to try to get this thing turning. That's got to be gratifying for him as well. Yes, 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 it is. It is. It, uh, you know, it, it's honestly, it, it was one of those things. And, you know, him and I spoke about it a little bit, uh, you know, Georgetown's just kind of a destination. You know, there's not really any living room that we can't get into. You know, everyone's kind of heard of Georgetown, um, you know, and it's just uh, an opportunity uh, you know, we, we feel that it's a school that can, can go to Omaha. You know, I, I'm, I'm not saying this year, next year, hopefully, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a name brand, a name brand program. We feel like. I saw y'all play last year at Wake in their tournament and you guys play with a ton of energy. You know, how, how do you establish that? You don't always see kids and kids maybe aren't always enthused to, to play that way. How are you guys establishing that type of culture too? Cause you guys play with a ton of energy. I loved watching you guys play. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, the, the the two things we talk about, uh, well, well two, two other things we talk about, there are only two things you can control in a game, uh, and that's your attitude and your effort. Uh, your attitude, your effort, and, and as well as your energy, uh, I guess. So, you know, those uh, three things, right? There are times where you'll hit the ball hard, and it'll be, you know, Adam balls. There'll, there'll be times, you know, on the mound where you don't have your secondary pitches, uh, but, you know, you can always control the energy that you bring. Uh, and so that's something that, uh, you know, everyone preaches to the guys, uh, you know, every single day, if, if we match the other team's energy, uh, you know, we, we, we feel like we have a good chance to, uh, win any ball game that we're playing. You've had great offensive teams. You did at Eastern Kentucky, Georgetown, you know, is that recruiting or is that development? Cause last year you broke program records for wins, home runs, total bases, win percentage runs, RBIs and slugging percentage. So congrats, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, is that recruiting or is that development or is it both? Uh, you know, I would definitely say both. Uh, you know, I, I, I always say it, it always helps to have good players, um, you know, which, which, which I really believe that we have here at Georgetown. Uh, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, in a sense with our offense and, and development, uh, you know, a lot of our guys uh, here at Georgetown, you know, they had a year and a half where they didn't play baseball. Uh, and so that first year, they were just kind of up against it. Well, not they, you know, we were just kind of up against it uh, just from, uh, you know, not playing standpoint. Uh, but being able to, 
have a fall, have a preseason. And those guys really taking ownership of, of their career. Uh, you know, with development, one of the things we really talk about is, you know, you have to want it. Uh, you know, if, if, if I have to tell you to get in the cage, you know, you're, you're not going to improve as a hitter. Uh, and so we've been fortunate to, to kind of really build a culture of, uh, you know, guys who want to hit. Uh, you know, they, they show up early, uh, about an hour and a half to practice every single day. Uh, they hit right after weights. Uh, and I'm sure some hit on campus at night. Uh, so, so it's just really something that, you know, guys have bought into from a development standpoint of, uh, you know, really, really working and understanding that it's going to take three to 400 swings a day in order to, you know, be who we want to be offensively. Do you put any stipulation on them when they get there for early work is like, Hey, just get your swings in. Are you laying out a plan for them when they get there early? Or is it like, Hey, just, you figure out what you need to work on. So, so they know what it is in a sense of uh, our routine. Um, you know, we, we, we give them, you know, five minutes off the tee. Uh, we, we, you know, let them do whatever tee work they feel that they need uh, to get them going. Uh, my big thing is just one round of high tee. Uh, you know, I, I feel that that's very important. Uh, and then from there, uh, we go into our front toss, uh, our, our, our overhand front toss with the heavy bat. Uh, they'll do two rounds of that uh, and then one round with the light bat. And really, we're just trying to pepper the L screen every single time. Um, and from there, we'll, we'll set up a, a general plan for them, uh, whether that's two, three plate hitting, uh, breaking ball. Uh, but typically the older guys are in there and they kind of set it up and know what it is we want and they get it going. What's your weight difference for your heavy and your light bats? That's a great question. So we, we actually don't use light bats. Uh, so we, we just, we'll, we'll use the regular 3330, uh, and then, for heavy bat, I don't know the exact ounces, but uh, so the, you know, the old school donuts, uh, the round ones. That's um, what we used. We'll have those, the uh, the uh, eight ounce ones, and we'll put those on a, on, on a bat and hit with them as a uh, weighted bat. So I guess it's just an additional eight ounces on it. When you got done playing, started coaching, how long did it take you to find your voice as a coach? You know, I was actually very fortunate. Uh, it was in my second year of coaching. Uh, I was at Stillman College. Uh, I was an assistant at the time. Um, and Coach Donnie Crawford, uh, he's now the head coach at Lane College, uh, he really freed me up uh, to, to kind of work with guys and talk to them. Uh, he never gave me a, a sense of, hey, I want you to do X, Y, and Z. It was, hey, Julius, you have the infielders, go. Uh, and so I, I had to kind of develop that voice really quickly, um, you know, and only being 23 years old, 24. Uh, but but it was a, a great experience because, you know, I, I was able to, I don't want to say, you know, test things, right, but figure out what worked and what didn't work, right, what verbiage to use, what verbiage not to use. Uh, so, so really my second year was uh, where I was kind of able to find my voice. And uh, it was, I was fortunate that I did that because Coach Crawford had retired after that season. And uh, I kind of got pushed into the head coaching role. Uh, so I was 24 as a head coach. And luckily, I had that previous year where, where I learned, uh, you know, kind of kind of what to say and what to do uh, around guys. And, and I could really kind of implement and make it my own that uh, next year. Was it a given that you're going to be the head coach after you retired? Or do you have to interview for that? Or was it like, okay, you're going to be the next in line for this job? No, no, uh, it, it wasn't a given. I was actually, uh, 
I was actually getting my MBA at the time uh, at the University of Alabama uh, and working in uh, financial aid to uh, pay the bills. And, uh, uh, you know, Coach Crawford retired and there were, you know, we had three assistants on the uh, staff and uh, we all interviewed and and, and they brought in uh, some outside candidates. So it uh, wasn't a given, uh, but I was just fortunate to have, you know, the right people in my corner uh, who, uh, you know, supported me. Um, and, you know, really gave me an opportunity. Did you play infield in college? Yes, yes, infield and outfield. So uh, I went to school as a shortstop. Uh, I was in the infield for two years and also played center and right. And that helps as a coach, too, because you played all over the field. I did the same thing in summer ball more than than during four-year season, but it helped uh, later on coaching because I had played so many different positions. Yeah, yeah, and it, uh, you know, really kind of gives you perspective, right, in the sense of, uh, you know, what every kid is is going through, you know, defensively, uh, you know, uh, like a second baseman, for instance, who's kind of throwing the ball away on a double play. I understand that, you know, sometimes it's because he's nervous because he doesn't know how much time he has, the runner, runner running up the line, the runner sliding into him, uh, you know, and he'll kind of rush the throw. And so I'm kind of able, you know, to talk about it with him and, you know, really slow him down. Uh, uh, you know, in that sense, and even with outfielders, right, in the sense of, you know, hitting the cut, uh, you know, making sure we take good angles to cut the ball off in the gap, uh, you know, really just able to simplify the game and kind of just talk baseball and uh, bring a, hopefully a calmer understanding for them. I still think the best outfielders are converted infielders. Oh, 100%. Because they understand angles a little bit more, I think. They understand prep steps. You know, I think you can throw a guy out from the infield to the outfield. It takes them some time, you know, catching fly balls and that. But I just think they're used to taking prep steps. I think they're they're used to, to anticipating on every pitch. I just think their anticipation is better because, obviously, you don't get as many balls in the outfield. I just think their anticipation is better when you put them out there. I I, I would agree with that 100%. I, I always joke uh, that the big leagues is full of uh, high school and college shortstops. So... <laughs> You, know, you talked about using heavy bats. Was that something you were using as a player? And then as, uh, as a young coach with heavy bats in the cage, was that something you used as a player? Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, uh, my dad actually introduced that to me uh, at a young age, uh, you know, swinging a heavy bat. And uh, I was fortunate to, to have some success hitting in college. And, uh, and Give so yourself I, more credit than that. You had good numbers in college. <laughs> hey, by the way, your your profile pick is tremendous from your senior year. Anybody that listened in and go look at Julius's profile pick from his senior year. Yeah, that's a that's a mean mug profile pick. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. I did some digging on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's so it's, it's so the heavy battle was just something you know that I implemented, uh, you know, just with our guys' routine, uh, just because I felt that it you know one develops uh, bat speed. Uh, you know, gets guys loose, uh, but really also, right, it, there's a different barrel awareness. Uh, and so they, they it gives them something else to, uh, you know, really think about, uh, you know, if your hands drop or, you know, you don't take a proper path to the ball just because of the weighted end, you know, you'll, you'll really feel it. Uh, and feel is something that we talk about so much in our program. I think it helps you get in, getting your legs better, too, because with the heavier object, you got to use your lower half more to, to be able to get the barrel through. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
You know, with your newer infielders, and I don't know, I haven't checked, like, I don't know how many transfers you guys have, how many new guys, you know, where are you kind of starting with them when they show up on campus with your new infielders and your new hitters? Yeah, so uh, infield-wise with uh, young guys, uh, we'll do a lot of footwork. Uh, so uh, they'll do a lot of ladders, uh, you know, just to, just to really get their feet moving. Uh, and then from there, honestly, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing, like, when we go to, uh, you know, youth practices and things like that is, uh, you know, guys just don't get enough reps. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that we do uh, and we really believe in is is reps, you know, and, and my goal is to get every infielder, you know, 200 ground balls a day at practice, you know, at game speed. And so, uh, you know, it's a finite amount of time, you know, 30, 40 minutes, but uh, it's, it's a work 30, 40 minutes, uh, you know, where those, those guys really constantly have to move their feet, uh, obviously right on the back five, 10 minutes, they're tired. Uh, so they really consciously now have to move their feet. Uh, so defensively reps is, is, uh, big for us from a development standpoint. Uh, and then hitting wise, uh, the biggest thing for us is dialing in the approach. Uh, you know, one of the things that we, we like to believe, right. Is the guys that we recruited are good hitters, right? So when they show up, why are we trying to change the swing? Um, and so, we just feel that if we can dial the approach in, right, that the uh, that the swing will take care of itself. And so approach is just mainly what we talk about. You talked about youth camp. You guys run a huge youth camp in the fall, correct? You know, with, with inner city yes. kids, because I tried to get you guys to come up to the Phillies clinic, but you guys were running your own clinic. But I think I'm going to come up next next fall, actually, Edwin and I have talked. I oh, think I'm going to come up. Yeah, so just talk about that a little bit. I mean, that that's a huge piece of giving back to your guys' community. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it's it's probably one of the more enjoyable days in the fall, um, you know, where guys get to, you know, we get to see our players, uh, you know, outside of baseball, you know, which isn't often, uh, you know, and, and we get to see them interact with with kids who who see them right as big leaguers, right? Uh, and uh, it, it's just fun to 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 see the smiles on 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 kids' faces. Uh, you know, just the fun that they have running around, uh, you know, some of the some of the kids out there, it's their first time, you know, being around baseball, you know, being involved. And so us being able to give them that first good experience, I think is, uh, you know, I think it's pretty important. Right. It's it. You know, we always joke that everyone remembers their first their first baseball memory uh, and, or, or their first baseball experience. And so hopefully, uh, you know, we're, we're able to create a lot of positive memories and and really get, you know, the community involved in baseball. Did you have many camps available when you were growing up? No, no. Uh, I I honestly don't remember. Uh, I don't re really remember camps being a thing. Uh, now, growing up in Michigan, it could have just been you know we're we're indoors all the time, so uh, you know we, we 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 didn't really think about it. Uh, but we we didn't we didn't have these camps growing up. How much was your dad involved with your development? I mean, were you were you doing a bunch with him? I know he was still playing, so were you doing a lot with him? Yes, yes. Uh, so he retired uh, when I was maybe two years old, uh, really young, uh, and so he was he was there pretty much every step of the way. Um, you know, hitting in the backyard. Uh, he tried to make me a switch hitter like him. It didn't really work out. I wasn't as good at it. Uh, but uh, you know. After every game, uh, even in college, uh, you know, I'd call him and, you know, we'd go over every at bat, pitch by pitch, um, you know, and uh, so, 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 he, so he was, he was very, very vital to, uh, 
you know, just to my development as a player and really my love of the game. Um, and believe it or not, my mom might actually be a little more, at least her side of the family, might be a little more uh, baseball than my dad's side. Uh, my mom's brother played pro ball. Uh, my mom's uncle, uh, so I guess my great uncle, uh, he's in the College Baseball Coaching Hall of Fame, uh, Rob Braddy. Uh, so it uh, baseball is, is always kind of, uh, uh, I guess, flow through my blood. <laughs> Is there anything you're doing different now than when you first started? I mean, it could be a drill, it could be an approach, you know, how you're handling players, any of that stuff that, that obviously evolve over time as a coach. But what are you doing different now than when you first started? Uh, honestly, the 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 approach is the biggest difference. Um, you know, when, when, when I first started coaching, uh, I knew what I did as a hitter, uh, but I didn't really have an approach, right? And I wasn't able to put it into words. Uh, but... When we got, when, when Coach Thompson hired me at EKU, uh, in that first year, uh, you know, working with uh, Coach Hanson, who's now at uh, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, we're really able to come up with an approach and, you know, put it into words, uh, you know, which is really simple. We, you know, we try to make everything simple, uh, you know, stay up the middle, hunt the belt. Uh, and so really just uh, uh, getting guys to, you know, take those tough pitches at the knees, uh, which is something that I, you know, I never talked about, uh, you know, in my earlier days of coaching. Um, so, so, so just that approach philosophy is probably the biggest difference offensively. Um, and then defensively, uh, you know, when I first started, uh, it was a lot of drills, uh, a, a lot of drill work. Um, and then kind of as I evolved uh, and, and saw just more, more practices uh, and just how guys moved, uh, I just kind of transitioned that into what I believed was reps were more important. In season right now, and by the way, I appreciate you because you guys had a doubleheader yesterday, and so I don't know when you guys got back uh, back home last uh, night, and I know there's family stuff going on and all that, so I do appreciate you jumping on with oh, me. Oh, of course. But, but now that we're kind of in season, what, what changes for, for you, if anything, with maybe some BP stuff? Uh, and then I want to kind of get in how you're handling some of the other stuff with the end season. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, the, the biggest difference uh, from, I'd say, this year's team and, and last year's team uh, from, a, from a BP standpoint, uh, you know, last year, uh, you know, one of the things uh, we did was really push the turtle up on guys. Uh, you know, they could still finish their follow through swing, but the, the front of the turtle really, uh, really hung over the field. So they had to had to really work on a uh, line uh, and we, we moved the L screen up and threw really firm. Uh, so, so each coach only threw one round of BP a day, uh, you know, just to save our arms. Uh, but uh, this year, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, we, we obviously, you know, started doing that, uh, you know, the, the same thing that we were doing, uh, but this year it seems to be, uh, we'll probably have more machine BP. Uh, so even for games, uh, we'll have the hack attack out, uh, and guys will be hitting off that. Yep. That was Arkansas. They had a flap on their turtle that would flip down. So it like forced their hit. They could not elevate the ball. And that's the first time. And I don't think I've seen it since. But obviously they were forcing their guys to stay on top and drive through the ball. So that flap, like, is it – you got instant feedback on that. A lot of balls were going up and it would hit that oh, flap. Yeah. So guys oh, couldn't yeah. see it travel. And I, I've never seen it – uh, sense so shout out to coach van horn for having that uh, but i thought it was a, a great idea with that of, of having a flap just to keep them down 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 really right. Especially when you MVP. Get that MVP. Yeah, yeah, and, and we tell them all the time, you know, line drives and BP, you know, that's what turns into home runs in the game. Uh, you know, so so if we can be disciplined and work on a line, uh, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, the coach is trying to hit your barrel. Uh, so you know, we're we're not impressed with BP home runs, and you know, we we really just try to shoot the gaps. Uh, you know, and, and and guys who are able to do that, you know, they they tend to have a lot of success. Do your BP rounds change or keep them pretty consistent throughout the year? Uh, they're pretty consistent uh, throughout the year. Uh, we'll have four rounds. Uh, all of them, guys are just working to stay up the middle. Uh, so in between second and short, uh, all the way out, uh, you know, expanding to the gaps, uh, really working just to kind of stay in between those lines. Uh, and that'll be all four rounds. Perfect. How are you handling nutrition for them on the road? Uh, so, uh, we uh we have a we have an ops person uh we well we have a new ops person uh and uh she uh she she handles a lot of it behind the scenes for us uh her uh coach thompson uh, and one of our student managers uh willie baker uh they all you know work together to to make sure that guys have uh you know have their meals for the weekend and you know select their select the, the meals needed uh you know in order to perform um, and so, uh, you know, we'll do, uh, pastas, chicken, uh, you know, and, uh, typically on getaway days, uh, you know, we'll do, uh, you know, do, do something easy, whether that's, uh, you know, spaghetti or pizza. <laughs> yeah. Something quick. Cause you gotta get back. Mm -hmm. So like today, I, I assume you guys are off. You don't have a, you don't have a midweek game this week. So I assume you guys are off today. Correct. 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 Any sort of recommended active recovery? Or is it just like, Hey, you know, rest or is it active recovery what are you doing with them on an on an off day or recommended for them to do on an off day yeah uh we uh we recommend active recovery uh they have uh, optional times in the weight room uh where they can go in stretch out uh you know move around uh you know we we really talk about hydration uh you know one of one of the biggest things is right just people don't drink enough water uh and so uh you know hydration's big uh, and then fortunately, right, uh, nutritionally, uh, you know, we have protein shakes available for them at any time, chocolate milks, uh, things like that to, you know, to, to make sure that their body's able, one, to not only maintain the weight, but, you know, be able to perform at that prime level for them. Yeah, that's such a big piece, the protein piece to, to help for muscle growth and recovery and replace all those those areas that you got beat up while you're playing. <laughs> What you know? What are some of the best routines you've seen your players use? Uh, and from a, from a hitting standpoint, hitting or defense. So from a hitting standpoint, uh, the best routine uh, that I've seen from from guys. Uh, we have a player named Ubaldo Lopez, and uh, you know he tied the program record last year. Uh, with home runs, uh, he hit 19. Uh, but his routine, you know, off the tee is really short. Uh, we joke, you know, we're not trying to be tee hitting all Americans, uh, you know. And so he'll he'll get in uh, and really work on a line, and uh, you know he'll he'll beat up the L screen on front toss. Uh, and then you know when it's time for machine work, he he has a lot of fun with it, uh, and and really gets the guys to have a lot of fun. Uh, you know, whether it's a, a ball hit the other way, you know, he'll scream out backside and, you know, everybody will, you know, get a kick out of it. Uh, so he he's able to, you know, kind of really keep things loose for us, uh, uh, you know, and, and keep it a light, but uh, still a positive work environment. 
so his routine uh, from that standpoint, from a, just a, a cultural standpoint, is probably the best. Uh, but but also right, just in a sense of what he does. Uh, you know, even off the machine, uh, you know, he 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 works on a line. Uh, I remember we were hitting breaking balls on the field, uh, and really we we're working on trying to beat up the oppo gap. And uh, you know, it was a ball that you know just stayed in, and and he pulled it for a home run. Right, he he did a good job with the pitch, but uh, you know he he said to himself, ah, you know, I got to keep my hands in and really work to to go the other way. Very next pitch, he bangs one off the apple wall, uh, you know, and so he he really understands, you know, what it is that he's trying to do and what it is that we're trying to do as a team and work on. Uh, and so from from that standpoint, he, he probably has one of the better routines. I think that's what the best competitors do. They have fun while they're competing. You know, you're challenging drill off the machine, but he's having fun with it. But then has positive self-talk, too. Like, may, even though he hit a home run pole side, that's not what he was trying to do. But then he talks himself into what he's trying to do on his next swing. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. No, he's a, he's a very mature player, for sure. So with scouting reports in season, how much info are you giving your guys? I know Synergy is huge, so we have a ton of information out there. How much information are you giving your players? Yeah, uh, so we'll do a video. Uh, you know, we, we always try to find, uh, you know, tendencies, uh, you know, specifically, you know, where the fastball goes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a believer, you know, pitching and hitting, uh, you know, you, you do it off number one. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give them a lot of videos of that. Uh, showing videos of the breaking ball uh, as well as any other secondary pitches uh, that he may have. Uh, and then when we, you know, talk about the report uh, pregame, uh, you know, we'll go over his velos and again, just, you know, discuss kind of where that fastball goes, where we kind of want to sit that day offensively. Um, and uh, after that, it's, it, you know, we just really want to keep it simple. You know, see ball, hit ball, you know, if you recognize fastball out the hand, go get it. How soon are you giving him that information to game time? Uh, it's about, they run. So, so our guys will run 15 minutes prior to the game. Uh, and then right after they finish running, uh, we'll give them that report. With the new players that are coming into your program, what would you like to see out of them that maybe they're not getting before they get to you? Uh, wow. Um, you know, so we've, we've, we've been fortunate, uh, you know, the, the young guys we brought in, uh, you know, they've, a lot of them have been contributing right away. Uh, you know, even last year we had a catcher who was a freshman All-American. Um, but the the biggest thing, and, and I would say it's probably the biggest thing around college baseball, is uh, just the strength component. Uh, you know, getting in the weight room, you know, really, really, you know, taking your body uh, serious at, you know, at a young age, which is hard to do, right, at 14 to say, you know, at 18 I need to be ready. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, really getting, really getting in the weight room, uh, and then ultimately, right, uh, competing, right? Uh, a, a lot of times, uh, and this is just for our philosophy, uh, you know, we'll see guys where, you know, they're working on hitting, hitting the ball hard, right, in the cage, but they're just swinging, right? And they're not working on hitting. Uh, and so, you know, there are a lot of quote unquote cage home runs and, you know, things like that. And, you know, you talk to those guys, hey, how many home runs have you ever hit in a season? And it's never more than, I shouldn't say never, right? But it's usually never more than 10. Right. And so if you don't hit more than 10 home runs in a season, chances are that ball you crushed in the cage, it's an out. Uh, and so really getting them to, to understand, uh, you know, when they're hitting in, you know, in, in a cage, you know, what it is that they're trying to do. Uh, for me, is probably the, the biggest thing offensively for young guys. 
understanding who they are as a hitter. With your freshman catcher last year, did you guys know coming out of the fall that he was going to be okay? Because I think that's the hardest position for for a freshman to handle is catching. Yeah, yeah. So we we knew he was good. Uh, we we didn't exactly know how good, uh, you know, just because we hadn't played anybody different. Uh, but he was a starter from game one, not behind the plate, though. Uh, we had an injury uh, to our first baseman, Christian Ficka. And uh, so as a freshman, game one uh, against Wake, uh, you know, we had him uh, We had him at first base. Uh, he had never played first base before. He had two days of ground balls. Uh, our first baseman kind of went down just, you know, uh, you know, just a freak injury. And, uh, you know, he got out there and he was really good at first base and he's really good behind the plate. And, uh, you know, just really kind of as the season progressed and, you know, he, he's one of those guys where you tell him something once and he's got it. Uh, and so he's, uh, at the plate, he, he's able to, to really buy into the approach and, and really get pitches that he wants. Uh, and, and ultimately he, he doesn't miss them. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of one of the, you know, one of the great things about o offensively, uh, you know, you tell him one thing once and, He'll he'll go out and do it. Did you know that coming in out of him that he had some baseball aptitude when you recruited him? Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, he actually played for uh, a guy I played with in high school uh, on his uh, travel team, and uh, so he, me, and him had talked about oh uh, a lot, and uh, you know he he was pounding his fist for him and saying he's the guy, and uh, you know he's gonna hit for you defensively. He's good. Trust me. Trust me. And uh, he wasn't wrong. He, he he was not wrong. Everything that he said from from a makeup standpoint uh, was 100% accurate. Yeah, coaches listening in, makeup. If you have a kid with good makeup, that is, sell the makeup more than the than the skill set. Probably. I mean, they got to be talented, 100%. but sell the makeup if the makeup's good. And don't lie about the makeup, coaches. Coaches listening in, don't lie about the makeup because literally a week a week on campus, college coaches are going to figure out that they got lied to about the kid's makeup. <laughs> It happens quick. <laughs> uh, hey, for young coaches trying to get into the profession, you know, what are some some tips for them trying to get in? You know, and and again, for you as a your shining example of a minority coach who's, who's banged away. I mean, it, you don't make any money in the beginning, but you made it work. What are some some tips on on trying to get into the profession? Uh, uh, stay persistent. Stay persistent. Uh, you know, when I when I was trying to get in, I sent the same email to every coach in the state of Kentucky three or four times, right? Just hit resend, 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 and, you know, until I got a response. Uh, and, uh, you know, so so really just stay persistent, right, if coaching is what you want to do. Uh, and then once you're in it, uh, you know, wherever you are, make that school your dream school. Uh, you know, we all as coaches, right, have have dream schools or desired places where, where you'd like to be growing up. You know, oh, if I could coach there, that'd be great. Uh, you know, but you have to be where your feet are. Uh, and if you make that school your dream school, typically good things will happen for you. And that's been a huge emphasis for us with the diversity committee with the ABCA. And, you know, I saw you briefly at the the, the morning meeting there, and I think that's a, a good start. And hopefully we can continue to help. I think we have to clarify some things and, and we also have to show like, okay, here, here's the candidates or here are people available. I, I don't think, you know, five years ago, I don't think we were doing as much for that. So I, I'm proud of kind of the work that we're doing with the ABCA. Jackson's Absolutely. done a tremendous job 
Um, you know, I, I think that's a step in the right direction. You know, are there some other things maybe that we can help on that end? Uh, you know, I, so, you know, just to kind of echo you, I, I, I think the, uh, you know, diversity committee has done a, you know, done a, done a very good job. Uh, you know, coach Jackson Carrick, uh, you know, he's a really good leader, uh, you know, and he, uh, you know, really, really puts out there, you know, what it is that's needed. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, we're, we're going in the right direction, uh, and, and I'm just excited to be a part of it. Yeah, I am too. Now that's, uh, for me, I just think, I think the more people that we can get involved, I think about Eric Bieniemy a lot. You know, I, I mean, how many how many Super Bowls do the Chiefs have to win for him to get? I mean, he finally got a head coaching job, but it's like, how many Super Bowls do they need to win for this guy to get a head coaching job? Well, he he actually didn't get a head coaching job. Uh, he took the offensive coordinator job. <laughs> I just that's how much I don't pay attention to the NFL because I just saw a press conference with him the other day. And I and I was like, oh, good. Finally, he got a head coaching job. And so I'm glad you brought that up because that's how much I don't pay attention to the NFL because I just I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw him in a press conference. I was like, OK, good. Finally, somebody gave him an opportunity. So, that's, yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it. It was definitely a, a weird, and I don't obviously they're, they're details I'm not privy to. Yes. Uh, but uh, the the only reason I guess I I was familiar with it just because he, you know, joined the Commanders and and uh, you know they're right down the street, so so I followed them just a little bit. Uh, but I'm a Saints guy, so. And I think some of it too is the interview process. Some guys just don't interview well. But, you know, Mike Rooney and I talk about this a lot because I know everybody knows him as the voice of college baseball and he's everywhere. That's not his real job. His real job is he hires people. But he and I talk about it all the time. If you have somebody that's really sharp in an interview process, you probably don't want to hire them because it means they're really good at interviewing. <laughs> it means they've interviewed a lot. You know, if I'm, if I'm an AD trying to hire somebody – I'm going to give somebody grace that's been at a, not a lot of places that has, has paid their dues at the places there and also has won and just give them some grace in the interview process. Cause they may not interview well, cause they haven't had to do it very much. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, uh, and, and that, uh, you know, it's kind of one of the things, uh, you know, with coach Thompson, uh, you know, that he's really helped me out with, uh, you know, we've done mock interviews together, uh, you know, to really, you know, kind of, kind of practice and, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, from a baseball standpoint, you know, I obviously feel like I'm, uh, you know, competent, but, you know, from a, you know, just from an interview standpoint, uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm getting the correct message across that I'm trying to uh, present. Uh, so he's been very, very helpful with that. That was with my assistants. I told them to, to apply for every job they could. And if they got an interview, even if they maybe weren't interested to, to do it, just to go through the interview process, whether that was a phone interview or an on-campus interview, I'm like, take as many as you can get, because the more you can do that, the more comfortable you're comfortable you're going to be for the next time you get an opportunity to interview. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Back to some baseball stuff. When are you guys lifting? Do you lift early morning or do you lift after? Uh, early mornings, early mornings this year. Uh, it just kind of worked out with the schedule uh, in a sense of the uh, weight room and, uh, you know, our strength coaches availability. Uh, so we'll lift in the morning, uh, but we also practice in the morning as well. Uh, so guys will lift, uh, then go get breakfast and then hop on the vans and uh, head to the field for uh, practice. Hey, what do you wish somebody would have told you before you got into coaching? 
It's 365. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't get it to is, put it, it down. Is, it, is, it is 365. That, that is one thing, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, Coach does a great job of letting us take uh, time off in the summer. Uh, but, right, recruiting never stops. Uh, and so, it, uh, you know, it's a constant grind, but it's, but it's a grind that we embrace and uh, we enjoy. Yeah, but the best ones love it. Like I, you know, we're all oh, yeah. wired different. Like the best ones are wired different. Like they know that and and they embrace that. Like okay, this is what it is. This is what I asked for. My dad always said 100%. like be careful what you wish for. My dad says it all the time. Like be careful what you wish for because if you get it, then you got it and you got to go deal with it. But I think that's something that coaches that don't coach at your level don't understand that okay they see you know Julius is here he's doing a great job I want that job but they don't realize what that job actually entails because every job entails something completely different they don't understand what that job actually entails absolutely absolutely do you and, have a and, uh, go ahead oh I'm sorry go ahead no, no go ahead yeah no uh you know and, and and I and I experienced you know just that difference personally right coaching at that d2 level and uh, you know, where really kind of your recruiting period is, at least for, for me, uh, you know, at that school, uh, was really just the summertime, right? And it was kind of a finite time in the summer, July, uh, you know, so June, uh, you know, I was I was able to kind of take some time off and uh, things like that. Whereas, you know, here now, obviously, and, and I got to EKU, you know, June hit and we hit the ground running. <laughs> Do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have something you thought was going to sidetrack you, but looking back now was the best thing that happened to you or, or one of the best things that happened to you? So I, I, I don't necessarily have a failed moment. Uh, I guess just a, a moment of somewhat uncertainty, uh, just leaving a, a full-time position, uh, you know, getting married um, and, uh, you know, getting a full-time position or, or having a full-time position, uh, and then to uh, to take a volunteer job, uh, you know, at EKU was probably uh, just kind of the biggest step of faith. Uh, but but I have I, I've been fortunate uh, where I haven't really had that uh, I haven't really had that fail moment yet. I don't I don't think. Well, and you you know sometimes you're like ah this is awful, but then you look back you know 12 months or two years down the road and you're like okay this was the right you just never know on the that's a hard thing yeah. with the path. But also surround yourself with good people like Edwin. You know, you've surrounded yourself with with a good person that that has taken care of you, but also you guys win. Like that's a huge part of it too. If coaches listen in, find a, a, a head coach that's going to win. <laughs> that's, that's, how are you handling family and season? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, uh you know, my wife, uh, she's a teacher, uh, and you know, she 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 kind of understands the life. Uh, you know, she was a college athlete herself. Uh, she uh, she played college basketball, so uh, she understands uh, you know just the the time that it requires. Uh, but right uh, you know for instance days like this uh, you know we make sure to uh, you know have, have have date nights you know once a week uh, which is typically Mondays just because that's the easiest day uh, and I know I'll be home. Uh, but uh, you know it it it's it's been it's been fun uh, you know sometimes right like every coach you know there, there are challenges just because you're gone for so long. Uh, you know, during the summer, you're of the, you know, 60 possible days, you're probably gone on 40 of them, uh, you know, and uh, obviously season time, you know, traveling on the road, leaving Thursday for weekend sets and getting back, you know, 1 a.m. on, uh, you know, Monday morning. Uh, but she's she loves it. She she wasn't really a baseball person when we met, but 
uh, you know, now she's at every game and now, now she's talking to me about what the hitters need to be doing and, and, and things like that. So uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. So your date nights, you stay in house for that? You go out to dinner? What do you guys do for your date nights? Uh, we'll mix it up. We'll mix it up. Uh, sometimes we'll uh, go out to dinner. Uh, sometimes it may be something just, you know, from a time standpoint, just as simple as a walk. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, or, you know, we, we put a puzzle together before. Uh, so, you know, just different things, uh, you know, just trying to keep it fresh. Uh, you know, just make, making sure that we, you know, continue dating each other. Do you have any evening or morning routines that you like that are kind of go-tos for you? Like the consistent, like morning routine or evening routine that you like that you go to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for, for me, kind of getting up and uh, getting in the weight room uh, is uh, big for me. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, during the day when, you know, it, it, it's a time that you're able to, you know, really take to yourself, uh, you know, a good solid hour, you know, hour, 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, at the end, it, you always just feel kind of relieved mentally and, and physically and just a little more relaxed. Uh, so, you know, getting up and making sure I get a workout in or uh, is a uh, a big part of my morning routine. And uh, I guess, you know, I get on the guys all the time about drinking water. So uh, making sure, you know, by, by the time I leave the house, I'm, you know, four bottles in. <laughs> yeah. So what, strength training, are you mixing it up? What are you doing when you're working out? Uh, strength training. Uh, so uh, uh, typically weights, uh, I'm, I'm actually uh, allergic to uh, cardio. So I am too. Uh, <laughs> a hit, a hit workout's uh, about as close as I can get to, to cardio because it's a bunch of different stuff. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. And so uh, and so uh, uh, just uh, weights and, uh, you know, doing a lot of the things that uh, we did in college, uh, definitely not cleaning or deadlifting anymore, but, uh, uh, you know, front squatting and, uh, you know, benching and uh, back and things like that. Do your guys clean? I know that's kind of a uh, hot, bu hot button topic in the strength and conditioning world, but do you guys clean? Uh, they do. They do. What's they the protocol uh, for that? lighter weight or how are you guys saying I mean it's a technical lift I think that's where people kind of get sideways on it is it it's an extremely technical lift um so how are you kind of breaking how's your strength coach kind of breaking cleans down for your guys uh so yeah so so uh, a lot of it is uh you know originally based off body weight uh obviously you know in in, in the fall uh there's a lot of really really light weights especially early uh to make sure you know just that technique is down and uh, really just building gradually off that, uh, you know, not throwing 25s on and say, okay, I'm good here. Here's 45 pound plates on, on the end now, uh, you know, really just getting that form down, uh, and, and they'll clean, uh, you know, twice a week. How soon are you guys lifting and when they get on campus in the fall? Uh, we'll give them that first week, uh, you know, just to get adjusted, uh, you know, find out where the classes are, uh, you know, get where they need to be on time. Uh, and then uh, that second week, we'll, uh, uh, you know, we'll begin baseball activities, uh, lift, uh, we'll have our first team meeting uh, and uh, get baseball going uh, typically that that third week. Cool. All right, sir, what are some final thoughts or something I should have asked you that I didn't? Oh, man, Ryan, you've done a great job. Uh, I would say the... I'll be honest, Ryan. I think you did great. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Now, yeah, well, you know, go ahead. what are your thoughts about the convention? Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It, uh, you know, 
getting a chance to to be around obviously other like-minded people um you know is is, is always great uh you know one of the things i say you know typically you know you're only around a, a group of you know four to five thousand like-minded people in college right everyone's there to get a degree everyone's there to try to get a job uh you know but the convention is special because it's four to five thousand people who are all there for baseball uh and so getting a chance to uh to make connections with people and and uh you know learn from guys uh you know getting a chance to uh you know hear uh coach pollock uh you know at presbyterian talk about hitting uh you know and some of the things that they do uh you know there are always things that uh you know I'm taking from uh, different guys uh, and really just, you know, trying, you know, trying to improve what it is that we do. Uh, so, so that part of the convention is great. It, it is, it's second to none. All right, Julius, thanks for your time. Good luck this weekend. That's a good tournament. You got Long Beach, East uh, Carolina. You, I, I think I use there. So it's good. Go, go get after those teams this weekend. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep. I'm so proud of the work that the ABCA diversity committee is doing to help develop inclusion in the game of baseball. They're helping us shine a light on areas that need help and support. We all have a huge responsibility to help those around us and affect positive change in any way possible. Thanks again to Jim Richardson, John Litchfield, Zach Hale, and Matt Weston, the ABCA office, for all the help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email, rbrownlee at abca.org, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at coachb underscore abca, or direct message me via the My ABCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you. Free. You set me free. You set me free.